welcome to episode 25 of Scar Bearers. I'm so excited. We've reached the quarter century mark. I'm Chris D.T. Gordon. It's fantastic to have you here with me today. And Nate Barron, as always, that theme music gets my heart a pumping and my fist a pumping. A lot, lot of, we won't go there. Anyway, if you want to have your own theme music, reach out to Nate at Surfly A N A T E B E R A N. That's Nate Barron. Well, I've checked. I don't have any new funny or weird reviews yet. So I'm going to my collection. I'm grabbing Darkwind. I always want to call him Darkwing, but he's not a duck. He's a Decepticon and not a very famous one. But what I really like about this guy, not only is it a solid build for a transformer and it he transforms into an sr-71 blackbird which is what the x-men fly so a possible crossover there is this sound and this sound i i just absolutely love that sound effect yes i heard you <laughs> it takes me back to the 80s makes me think of a simpler time of Transformer cartoons that were really good and shy carpeting. Anyway, today I'm going to talk with my new friend Ann Nickel about a medical mystery that she survived that almost resulted in an amputation and did result in some medical issues. However, she survived it and overcame it to become a successful author and blogger. Now, you're probably noticing that I'm wearing a sweater. For those of you listening, I'm wearing a sweater. It's my Thor sweater. I, it fits really well. And I'm wearing a sweater because I'm a wimp. It's fall. And it's uh, significant because today's sponsor is the first freezing morning of the half way, uh, the half, second half, there we go, I can talk, of 2020. For those of you who are complaining about how hot it was two months ago, here you go, you asked for it. Well, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Anne. Hey everyone, welcome back to Scar Bearers. I'm your host, Chris D.T. Gordon. It's so great to have you here. I'm joined by my new friend, Anne Nickel. Is that Did I say that correctly, Anne? Nickel. Nickel, okay, all right. So the double L threw me off. Yep. <laughs> and so, Anne Nickel, how are you today, Anne? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. So, we have a connection in that we both have day jobs. Uh, you are a real estate agent, correct? Yes. Yes, and and I'm a an online teacher, uh, but we also have uh, side hustles, I guess they call it, or side gigs where we communicate different stories. Uh, I like to use my uh, podcast, Scar Bears, and you have a blog. And so what is that blog focused on, Ann? Well, the blog is called Wonderfully Worthy, and it focuses on overcoming your obstacles, finding your passion and purpose, and living your best life possible. Excellent. And what, I guess, what propelled you to uh, start this blog? 
I was propelled to start it after the incident where I almost lost my life and my leg. And going through that incident and going through some previous incidents as well, um, you know, being emotionally abused and going through a divorce just sort of culminated after that incident. And I wanted a way to share those stories with other people to help them realize that they're not alone and, you know, just let them know that it is possible to overcome those obstacles to make a better life for yourself, even in the midst of tragedy. Okay. That's very powerful stuff. Um, if you wouldn't mind, could you take us back to maybe uh, the, uh, I guess, the beginning of where this uh, inspiration came from? Um, well, the very beginning was after the divorce, because I said I was emotionally abused and it took a lot of years to you know, sort of get over that and learn to love myself for who I was and realize that I was worthy of more than that, mm -hmm. of, you know, being happy that even being a Christian, I shouldn't have to live that sort of life. I shouldn't expect to be abused every day because that's not what God wants for me. And so that was sort of the beginning of it and finally realizing that I was worthy of a beautiful life. And that's where I got the idea for the name of the blog, Wonderfully Worthy, because I believe that everyone, no matter who they are, you know, where they're from, what they've done, everyone is worthy of living a beautiful life. Excellent. And so, and so you uh, take that new step in your life and uh, you, uh, you move forward. And you're also a writer, correct? Yes. Like, of actual, of, of uh, printed books. Yes. And so uh, what prompted you to uh, be a writer? Oh, man, I wanted to write since I was a little kid, actually, and have been writing, you know, mostly short stories and poetry. And I had some short stories published. I had some poems published, but I'd never reached the goal of publishing a book mainly, you know, of course we call them excuses, but mainly because of life, you know, having a family and having a job and always being busy with something. I just never got around to finishing. But then after the incident that almost took my life, I realized I had almost died without ever, you know, realizing that dream of being a published author. So that pushed me to finally finish that first book and publish it. And I did it just a few months after the incident. So I waited all those years and it took that incident to finally push me and I finally reached that goal. That's, that's fantastic. You know, so many people say, I want to write a book. And it's <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's like one of the go-tos, you know, that people say, I like, I want to run a marathon. I want to do something that other people have done. That sounds great until you actually try to do it. But yes. uh, that's fantastic that you were able to, uh, you know, accomplish that goal yourself. Now we have been uh, toying and teasing with the phrase, the incident. Uh, can you uh, please explain what exactly that is? Okay, uh, the incident was um, actually this month, two years ago. Mm. I got the flu one weekend and I went in and they ran tests, told me that everything looked fine except I did have an infection, so they gave me an antibiotic for it. Well, the next day after taking that first antibiotic, within about four hours, I had lost feeling in both of my legs from the knees down and I oh. couldn't walk. Oh, wow. 
Yes. So they rushed me to the hospital at that point. They ran their own test, including another CT scan. And that CT scan, less than 24 hours after the first one, showed that somehow my body, my entire body from the kidneys down, had filled with blood clots. Yes. So they, it was, yeah, they told me I was lucky that I was still alive. So they rushed me into surgery and cut me in both groin areas and started pulling out blood clots, trying to get them out before one of them burst. And then during surgery, yeah, it was, it was rough. And during surgery, the surgeon noticed that, you know, my right leg had gone back to normal, but my left leg developed compartment syndrome, the syndrome where your, uh, the limb it extends so much, gets so bloated that it's about to burst. Mm. And so he then had to cut my left leg open on either side to relieve the pressure to try to save it. Mm. And so I survived the surgery. He ended up getting all of the blood clots. And after surgery, when I woke up, he explained what had happened, told me that I was lucky to be alive. But then he told me about my leg. He told me what had happened, what he had to do, but told me that even though I did this, your leg is dead and we're going to have to amputate. Mm. And so that's what I woke up to. And I was thankful to be alive, but of course I was basically in shock when he told me they were going to amputate, but luckily they waited. And the next two days I, you know, I refused to listen to anything negative I started praying and I started visualizing because I, you know, I'm a Christian, but I also believe in the law of attraction. And in the past few years before that, I had been learning a lot about that. And so I, for two days straight, that's all I focused on. I refused to hear anything negative, refused to listen to them talk about what they were going to do. And on the third day, my leg came back to life. That's amazing. Yeah. And so manifested a miracle. Mm -hmm. Now, did and, they say that like uh, there was increased blood flow to the leg or uh, was there, uh, you know, some, something else that they, they attributed to the resuscitation of your leg, I guess, is the way of putting it? They had no idea, to be honest. Wow. They okay. didn't know. Yeah, they said there, there was no pulse, there was no blood flow. And then just suddenly on that third day, they found a pulse. Oh, wow. And my color went from, you know, the ugly kind of black green marbled look that your body has when they're, you know, when it is dead, mm-hmm. the color suddenly came back, you know, all the blackness, the green weirdness all went away. And my foot was suddenly a normal color again. And they found the pulse. Oh, wow. And they had no explanation for it. So then I had a room full of, you know, surgeons and doctors and nurses all standing around my bed everybody taking turns, you know, listening, you know, to find the pulse just because no one believed it. They were all shocked that, you know, it had gone from being dead to suddenly being back to life. Wow. You know, um, when I was in the hospital, I had a blood clot and I just remember having those, uh, and it was in my left leg. I remember having, uh, those, uh, that, kind of like cushion or that pillow around your leg and every few minutes it would it would pump air and wake it up i just imagine you just covered head to toe in those pillows and every few minutes <laughs> they give you like a shock or something just, just to get those blood clots out and that's amazing and so after your leg comes back to life uh, how much longer were you in the hospital because you know it was cut 
on both sides and you had also had those cuts, you know, those incisions to your groin areas. Mm -hmm. So how long were you in the hospital for? I was in there for almost three weeks mm -hmm. uh, dealing with, you know, everything because the, the surgeon told me once my leg came back to life, he said, okay, now you get to keep your leg, but, and I knew there was going to be a, but he said, you have two huge wounds that now have to heal. And we have to figure out that. And because I still didn't have feeling in my leg, he said, we, we don't know if or when you'll ever get the feeling back because nerve damage is an unknown. You know, it's not like have a, having a broken bone where there's a timetable. We don't know. And he said, so not only are you going to have to go through healing your wounds, you're going to have to learn how to walk again with no feeling and you could be a gimp the rest of your life. So that was the next stage. And then I don't know what having the blood clots did to my body as a whole, but you know, it wasn't just having leg issues and the other, you know, areas where they cut me open it had, it completely zapped all of my energy. I, I was so down that just a few movements, like when they got to the point where they wanted me to start trying to walk with the walker, I would go a few feet and I would almost pass out from exhaustion. I mean, I had nothing left. And so I went through that. It changed my taste buds to where every time they brought me food, I would gag. I couldn't, you know, smell food. I couldn't eat food. And the only thing that was getting me by were these insure shakes that they would bring me. And that was all I could eat for almost two weeks. And they kept saying, you can't get out of the hospital until you can eat again. But everything made me sick. It was the weirdest thing. I've never gone through anything like that. Yeah. And so it was a long process. And so they wanted to make sure I could eat first. They wanted to make sure I could use the walker well enough to get to and from like, you know, in bed to a bathroom at least, you know, because I needed to be able to do those things. Yeah. They put a, a, a wound back on me. And I had to learn how to get dressed around the wound vac with these wires, you know, connected to my leg and then having a pump that I had to basically put, you know, a cord around my neck to hold a, a pump and just all sorts of weird things like that. So, yeah, it was a long process just in the hospital. And then after the hospital, you know, I got out, then became the whole healing process, which I'm at the final stage right now. And like I said, it's been about two years. Wow. And so what were those other stages uh, that you had to travel through to get to where you are now? Uh, the, with the wounds, um, they initially told me that they were going to have to do skin graft surgery on at least one of them. Mm -hmm. um, but once again, I, I kind of have overcome all of the thing, the limits that they put on me. Um, you know, I just kept praying, I kept visualizing. And so my wounds ended up healing on their own without surgery, but it took seven months to do with both wounds. Mm -hmm. And so I got to that stage and then at the, I guess it was around the two and a half month mark, I finally got feeling down to my ankle and I had that little bit of movement and that's when I started physical therapy. Okay. And so I went to physical therapy and I told him, okay, and I heard that it would be hard to learn how to walk again without feeling, but I do not want to be a gimp. I refuse, you know, to be that, you know, so tell me what I need to do. I will do it. And so for the next almost six weeks, I worked with them and I actually got from, even with no feeling in my foot, I went from using a walker to using a cane 
And then on the final day there, I actually walked up and down the hall without the cane and was walking on my own, even without failing. And so I did all that. And, but then after that, it was just a matter of continually working on movement in my foot, you know, hoping that the feeling would come back. And I, uh, there was horrible, horrible pain from the nerve damage with it trying to come back. And so every day when the pain would hit, I would remind myself that means the nerves are trying to work. That means they're trying to come back. If there was nothing, then that would mean you know, they're not working. And so it was a lot of pain for a year of the nerves trying to heal themselves. And finally, about the year and a half point, I got feeling back everywhere. But some of the feeling was that feeling that when your foot's asleep, Oh yeah. That tangly, awful feeling. And it would be like that. And I had that feeling for almost another six months to where just about a month ago, almost two years in, I finally got like complete feeling back. That's awesome. And so I have that. But then the other thing that happened, which is the final stage I'm working on right now, uh, my toes curled because of the nerve damage and not having that feeling there. Mm. And so now I'm wearing the little, uh, things, the little jelly things, whatever you call them, that are the straighteners to try to straighten my toes. And so I'm doing that every day. And that's the final thing. After two years, that's the last little step is to hopefully get my toes straightened back out so that I get my balance completely back because my balance is still off because of the toes. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, so that's, that's the long two-year journey. (laughs) Well, that's fantastic. I'm so happy that you are, you know, you've made that progress and you're so close uh, and uh, you, you probably look like you're always ready for a pedicure huh oh my gosh yeah <laughs> and the funny thing is um it's yeah i you know yes i haven't gone in since the incident and had a manicure pedicure anything mm-hmm. um mainly because i'm so protective of that foot now that mm-hmm. the thought of anybody touching it and doing anything with it kind of scares me oh yeah and so, you know, people ask about it. And so for right now, I keep telling them, I'll just paint my own toenails for right now. I don't need anybody else messing with this foot. I just got it back. <laughs> yeah. So while you are in this recovery period, um, you've started a blog. Mm-hmm. And um, what, you know, I guess, what were the first couple uh, entries about? I mean, were, were was it more cathartic it was, it was more for you just writing out writing things out or were you at the point where you were ready to share your message for others oh yeah it was a little bit of both I guess you know I wanted to share with people in the beginning you know sort of who I am and what I've been through and so I did I sort of walked through the incident at that point and in the beginning that was only like three months in, you know, so I was still in really in recovery. And so I talked about that, about what I, you know, happened, but then my next post, I started focusing a lot on, you know, gratitude and, you know, following your dreams and realizing your goals, even when you're going through something this difficult, you know, wanting to share that with people, you know, just hoping that what I had been through and the things I was still accomplishing might help someone else do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've sort of done throughout it. Like I'll share little bits here and there about, you know, uh, like recently shared that, you know, yay, you know, all my feeling is back, you know, so I have one more thing to celebrate. 
So I'll do that as I go through. And then the rest of the time, I just, I just try to share messages. I try to share encouragement, motivation with people, just, you know, letting them know that you can do stuff too. You can overcome obstacles. You can realize your goals and dreams no matter what. And it's never too late until you're gone. You know, if you're still here, doesn't matter how old you are, there is still time for you to realize those goals and dreams. Yes, indeed. Have you made a lot of connections with people because of the blog? I have. Um, it's funny, the more through some of the Facebook groups, like where we came in contact, you know, mm -hmm. through that. Um, but I found those things, a lot of them through the blog, through meeting, you know, I have a couple of blog coaches with a course I took. And so I met people that way that would introduce me to a group and then to another group. So yes, it's kind of come from the blog and the people I've met in one way have introduced me to, you know, another group of people. And it's just sort of, you know, domino effect from there meeting all these new people. Yeah. And so it's been awesome. It's, it's great. That is excellent. You know, and the, uh, I, I have found in my, on my own personal journey that being able to, uh, help someone else benefit from my struggle gives you know gives my my struggle purpose you know uh, people wonder you know may, may sometimes feel oh why did i suffer this and you know sometimes you know it may be for someone to help other people you know so they can find the strength to uh you know go through their own issues or their own trials and so that's fantastic that you're able to do that. Um, and I do apologize if I've asked this before, uh, how do the books work into your personal story or, or are they about something else? Um, well, it's just always been a part of my life. Writing has um, you know, since I was a kid and it fits into the story with, you know, basically going through that incident and realizing I almost lost my life before I realized that one big goal, that dream, that pushed me to finally realize that dream. And it, it helped me in a way because um, being a writer, you know, I go to a lot of writers conferences, you know, you meet writers, agents, editors, publishers, all these people. And one thing that always seems to stick in your mind is that everybody wants to write the, you know, the big, you know, great novel that, you know, everyone's going to love mm -hmm. and it's going to be, you know, famous. And that's what you have in your head is that, you know, that needs to be the novel. And, but I had these other little ideas that I was working on too, but I had myself convinced that they couldn't be the first books published. It had to be this other, you know, novel I was working on. Well, after going through that incident, you know, you start realizing different things Thinking, you know what, my journey has been so different than others, you know, with even going through what I'm going through. So why does my writing journey have to look like everyone else's? It's not, it's my journey. It's my life to live my way. Yes. And so I finally took that book that I had been working on and finished it. And I was so close to finishing it for a couple of years. So I just basically kind of had it on the back burner and thought, you know what? No, it's not going to be a bestseller. It's not going to be the great American novel, but it'll still be published. And I can then say, I am a published author. And so I did. I finally finished, published it, 
And it was one of the greatest feelings in the world knowing I finally realized that dream. I had that uh, song, It's My Life by Bon Jovi playing in my head when you were saying that. And you said, I did it my way. So, it's well, my life. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you should have them uh, open up for you when you we, if you do speaking engagements. That would I'm be sure, awesome. I'm sure they'll go for it. So yeah, uh, what, is the name of the, what is the name of the, your first book called? Uh, what, the what first book, sorry, the first book is kind of a fun historical guidebook of Fort Worth. It's called... The Time Traveler's Guide to Fort Worth. Oh, cool. Yep. And so as I used to be, well, I used to write for examiner.com and I was the Fort Worth Historic Places Examiner. So when I lived in Fort Worth for five years, that's what I did. I ran around Fort Worth to different historical places, you know, old restaurants that had history to them, museums, and I wrote about them for that site. Okay. And when the site shut down, they told us, you know, we had the rights back to all of our stuff. And mm. I thought, well, I've been writing this stuff for five years. Why not put it in a book and put it in such a way that it helps people if they're visiting Fort Worth? I kind of, you know, give them ideas on all these different places to go. And then I break it down and say, if you're only here for one day, do this. If you're here mm. for a whole weekend, do this. If you're here for a week, then do these things and kind of give them an idea of what they should see while they're there. So that was the first book. That is, I really like that, uh, that format of having it sectioned by time visited because, you know, you could, you could look for a guidebook and it, get, it could give you all kinds of different things. Obviously, most of the times it's alphabetical, but you could go to the, you can go to A and that could be something that you have to stay in the area for a week for. Mm -hmm. And so I really, that's a brilliant way of setting up a, a travel guide. Oh, Thanks. and so uh, what about the second book? Uh, the second book, I wrote a poetry book called Triumph and Tribulation of all these poems that I had written over the last few years and finally compiled them into a poetry chapbook. So that was the second one. Mm. And then after that, I had started, I love journals. Being a writer, I guess, is just one of those things. I love journals. I've always kept them and write in them but I had never thought of creating my own until I read about someone else doing that. And I thought, well, why haven't I done that? I've been using journals all my life. Why not create fun ones that I wish I had and maybe other people would like them too. Mm. So I started writing and creating journals and publishing those on Amazon as well. Now, when you say creating journals, uh, are you like taking the, like taking a character and writing the journal as the character? Oh no, just basically blank journals for people to use and oh, coming okay. up with, you know, fun, interesting covers. And then I'll take the inside and, you know, add quotes or different things too. So they're maybe a little more inspiring. And then I did one since I love everything to do with the ocean and the sea. I did one um, based on that and it's a, an adult coloring book slash journal. So you can take it with you and, you know, cause people love doing that now sitting there with their colors. And I just picture people sitting on the beach with it, you know, coloring the pictures and writing in their journal. Okay. All right. You know, I, I just had this, the, the way you said it, I, I was thinking, you know, what would that look like? Just some <laughs> fictional character having a journal. You can imagine Spider-Man. Well, I got fired from the bugle again. 
ran out of web fluid, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, that but no, be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. And so uh, what's, up, what's up next for you in terms of writing? I am actually working on two different books based on my journey. Okay. And one, I was thought about doing a memoir, but I don't know. I probably shouldn't admit this, but I'm one of these people who I, I'm not really crazy about memoirs and biographies. I, I kind of find them boring sometimes. Okay. And so I decided to do what they call an autofiction, where it's based on my true story, but I'm writing it as a novel. And mm. so I'm creating a character based on me and then basically putting her through everything that I've been through, but it then gives me license to change it up a little bit if I want and make it, you know, more of a novel format that should be more fun for people to read. It's, that sounds very familiar to, uh, very reminiscent of, uh, there's a uh, writer named uh, Brendan Burchard. He's a, mm -hmm. a coach and he, he wrote us a, a story called Life's Golden Ticket. And we're talking about his journey, but it's in a fictional format. So I think, uh, I, and his book did very well. So I think that's a, a definite a possibility for you to go that avenue. So, I hope so. And then yeah. I'm working on a second one that uh, is more of just a, a nonfiction self-help book based on the things I've been through and staying positive through all of it and manifesting and, you know, learning a lot about mindset and wanting to use that to help others do the same. So mm -hmm. not a really good explanation, I guess, but <laughs> no, I, I, I understand on. what I mean, what, what you're saying there. I mean, what you know, as I like to say. Yeah. <laughs> so that's fantastic, Anne. And so if people want to reach out to you or learn about your books or the blog, where can they find you? Uh, the main place is wonderfullyworthy.com. And I have my info on there. I also have my author website, which is anncknickel.com. So those are the two main places. All right. And then, you know, um, what, I guess, what is one message that you want to leave with uh, our listeners going forward if they were ever to find themselves in a situation like yours? Mainly don't give up, you know, and stay positive as much as you can through all of it. Uh, because, you know, when you're going through something like that, you will hear a lot of negativity and you'll hear a lot of facts that are thrown at you. But one thing I've learned, especially being a Christian, is that the power of God and the power of just belief, if you have that, you know, belief in the law of attraction, those things are way more powerful than the facts of man. Because, you know, that, you know, they may be facts in the head of the doctor, but it's facts based on what they know at that time. And as Bob Proctor puts it, that's why they call it practicing medicine, because that's what it is. It's a practice. You know, they don't know everything. And so, you know, try not to let yourself get down, stay positive and, you know, focus on what can be and never let that go. You know, never give up to what someone's telling you because you can make it better. You can overcome and, you know, that's it. I mean, you just, you have to stay positive and keep that mindset all the time. Fantastic. And my last question is what my audience always wants to learn about my guests. What is your favorite dinosaur? <laughs> I love when you ask that question. Uh, mine is the Elasmosaurus. 
Elasmosaurus. That's the, that's the first Elasmosaurus. And why the Elasmosaurus? Well, I am one of those, I don't know, maybe crazy people who actually believes in the Loch Ness Monster. Okay, yep. And Nessie. I actually traveled to Scotland, and I think I caught a glimpse of her, but no one will believe me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if it is true, um, that's what everybody thinks that, you know, happened, is that the Elasmosaurus somehow survived, mm -hmm. and that's what the Loch Ness Monster is, is so... That's kind of, that's the main reason. Plus, I love the ocean. I love the sea. I love sea creatures. And so, yeah, it's the one that swims. And so that's my favorite one. Well, there you go. And, you know, uh, it, that, it would be fun. Uh, it, it would be fun if that, you know, if, if we could definitely say that's true. But it's always also fun to just, you know, and just hope and believe that, you know what? It could be true. Yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to keep believing, you know. Yep. That's so. what I'm saying. With everything else, it's good to believe. You know, yes. that's sort of what I do. It's like, why doubt you know, in anything in your life when you could believe in something? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just one of those positivity things. Exactly. Well, and it's been an absolute pleasure having you uh, on and, and talking with you. Thank you very much for sharing your story. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Definitely. You have a great day now. You too. Hey, I hope you enjoy that conversation with Anne. If you want to reach out to her, you can find her at her website, wonderfullyworthy.com. She is also on Facebook and Instagram at wonderfullyworthywomen. If you want to check out what I'm doing as a speaker, you can go to chrisdtgordon.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at chrisdtgordon. And you can always check out the Scar Bears podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the podcasts, at least a good number of them. And if you want to find your musical theme song, you can reach out to Nate Barron at Nate Barron, N-A-T-E-B-E-R-A-N, again, with that little circly A in the front. Please like, share, subscribe, review, Thoroughly enjoy these podcasts and episodes that I'm putting out because I want to help motivate people and inspire people. So if you can help me out, that'd be, that'd be awesome. All right. Thanks a lot. Please have a great day and remember to pass on perfection and go for greatness.